recording on and click. All right, I think we are good to go. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This is the Daily Bible College show where I share with you my daily experiences going to Bible college in Malaysia. And today I'm going to talk about my book report. I meant to write an essay on this book. It's called Grassroots Asian Theology. And it's written by this guy called Simon Chan. Here he is giving a lecture at Biola University Chapel, uh, which is very, very cool. An Asian preaching to theological students in the States. And what this guy has done, uh, he's a principal in TTC, a college in Singapore. What he's done is he's written this book to help us think about how Asians perceive God and therefore how Asians will perceive a Christian God, how they will receive the gospel. And uh, my very first assignment uh, for this term is to write a book report on one of the chapters in this, in this book, uh, and it's entitled God in Asian Contexts. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to share with you my summary of this chapter. Uh, and it really is my summary in my words. It's not... Simon Chance, <laughs> I just want to clarify that. Uh, but it is what I've learned so far in reading through this chapter a couple of times. And so I have a couple of points, maybe a four or five points I want to make. And the first point is this, uh, does God exist is not the question. Does God exist is not the question. And I'm thinking of evangelistic courses you know, back in Malaysia, popular courses are stuff like Alpha and Christianity Explored. And these are really, really great opportunities if you're not a Christian to come and ask any question that you want to. But I wonder if one of the questions that people are not exactly wondering is, does God exist? So what I've done is I went to um, the website for Christianity Explored. Again, a big, big fan, big fan. Don't get, don't get me wrong. But a big question that they keep asking is, does God exist? So question number one, is the chaos in the world a sign of God's absence? I see trouble, I see war, I see COVID. Does that mean that there's no God? Or let's look down below, uh, if God exists, there you go again. If there is a God, why is there so much suffering? And you find lots of these kinds of questions here uh, being answered by this course. But again, I wonder, I wonder if this really is the question that people in Asia are asking. And what the book puts forward is this suggestion that underlying lots of these cultures is already a presupposition, a common understanding that there is a God. And what Simon Chan says, says is this, unlike the Western church in the last 200 years, so they've been asking this question for a long time, the issue for Asian Christians has not been God's presence or absence, does he exist or not? Or whether God exists or not, there you go. In most religious traditions, and especially in the world of primal religions, God's existence is never in doubt, but always presupposed. And so you imagine a room full of people you're running this evangelistic course with, they might not be, be there thinking, oh, okay, prove to me through science, through the Bible, that there is a God. But rather, they might be asking stuff like, hey, this strange thing happened to me today. Did God do that? 
or what does God, what is God trying to say to me through my suffering or through this condition? Or what do I need to do to get God to bless me in my job? That kind of thing. There's already a presupposition that there is a God. And so therefore, the kind of question that he might be asking is, what's so special about your God? So already the first point that I think comes through very, very clearly in Simon Chan's book is this presupposition, this underlying understanding that there is a God in just about every culture, primal religion, he calls it here, in Asian countries. So that's already a useful point. On to the next point. Multiverse! <laughs> this year has been this new change, this shift in lots of Marvel movies. And I want to contrast this one movie on the left, Doctor Strange, with this other movie, which is also from the West, but has a much more Asian flavor. Both to do with multiverse, but both have a slightly different take on what it means to have this multiplicity of realities. Doctor Strange uh, didn't do very well because the critique of this movie was that, you know what, it's just so boring. It's so predictable. He went to different universes, but actually it's the same person with different hair. <laughs> Whereas if you watch this other movie, which did so well, it was shot on a budget, and it was actually essentially a Chinese movie, even though it was filmed in the US. The director was Asian, Michelle Yeoh is Malaysian, and it was basically a Kung Fu movie, but it was just so weird. So when they jump to a different universe, there's even a universe whereby she turns into a rock, <laughs> an inanimate object, and they're talking to each other with subtitles. And what I'm trying to illustrate here is the fact that when we think of different religions, when you're interacting with different perspectives, sometimes it isn't very different. You know, sometimes we think that there are just different versions of us with just slight tweaks. But when you're in Asia, people might really be coming from all kinds of different perspectives, different kinds of, 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 of religion, religious perspectives. And what Simon Chan says here, here is this. This is an example that he says. Here we find Confucianism, Taoism, and Buddhism so syncretized as to become almost indistinguishable from each other. So when the phrase Chinese religion is used, it usually refers to a syncretism. That means a mixing of popular forms of these religions. And the thing to notice here is that these are very, very different forms of religion, but they're all under the banner of Chinese religion. And so you find people like in the buffet picking and choosing different things. And the thing to be aware of is that when then you bring in a new ingredient like Jesus or the Bible or God, it's just going to be another ingredient. They're going to fit it in, but it's going to be a small part of a whole. And it's just worth being aware of that kind of challenge when you're trying to dialogue about the uniqueness of Christ in the Bible. So that's the second thing, you know, it's just it's just worth just worth appreciating the kind of mix you'll encounter when you come to Asia and you're talking about God, because everyone has a conception of God. And you'll be asking, so what's so unique about yours? And if it is unique, they might just add it in like a spice and they might not take it in as a whole. So that's the second thing. Next thing is the Trinity, the Trinity. So one very helpful thing 
that the book does to try to lock down the conversation about God, about Jesus. And this is what Simon Chan proposes that we do is to talk about the Trinity. And so what the book explores basically in depth is different reactions to the Trinity. So I put this meme, you know, God in Asian context, that's the name of the chapter, but really is the Trinity in different Asian contexts. And it's really, really fascinating. What the book does is it looks at how the Muslim perceives the Trinity, how the Hindu perceives Trinity, how the Chinese, you know, the Chinese religions, you know, Taoism, Buddhism, that kind of thing, how they perceive the Trinity. And some will will take to it much more uh, easier than others, and some might be violently opposed to it. And what he says is this. In the doctrine of the Trinity, the Son gives God a name and a face. Often, this is the way many Asians first come to know the God of Christianity. So it's saying that Jesus is the key. You want, to, you, want to come, you want them to come into a full contact with God, but really the key for very many people is just coming into contact with the person of Jesus Christ. He goes on to say the personal God revealed in Jesus is their first point of contact and the main reason for Christianity's attraction, what draws them into wanting to know God. And Jesus is here seen as really the doorway towards coming to know God in a very personal way. I think the chapter goes on to talk about how um, it's fairly normal. And I'm not sure how you're going to take this in the West, but it's fairly normal for people to have visions of Jesus in the West, especially amongst those who don't have access to the Bible or are violently opposed to the Bible to the point that they don't want to talk about Jesus to anyone. And that's very, very common to hear stories of people having visions of Jesus, encounters with Jesus, which then spurs them to want to read the Bible. So the way that they know God is through His Word, is through you know coming to know the truth in its in grounded form in Scripture, but that first contact, that doorway, is often always that very personal encounter with Jesus, which might not be through the Bible. And one example he gives in his book is like Paul and Tarsus coming into that vision with Jesus. And somehow, some way, um, that is very normative in Asia. And I wonder if anyone listening to this, you know, is from Cambridge and wonder what you think about it. What? You know, this guy has a vision of Jesus. Apparently, this is fairly common uh, in, in Asia. Yeah, I wonder what you think about that. But finally, the last point um, is what I call the theology of the mamak stall. <laughs> and this is just the theology of the masses. You know, a lot of our talk of theology is in Bible college or with professors and that's very common here in Cambridge. The other day, on Sunday, in fact, a couple of days ago, I was in church, and the person next to me was one of the professors of theology at Cambridge in Cambridge. And it's like very, very normal. You know, every other person is a professor, is a doctor, is a theologian. Lots of people translated the Bible are listening to you preach on Sundays. It's very daunting. But that's not the case in Asia. Now, that's not to say that people aren't learned, aren't intelligent. But, you know, the kind of contact that you have with these kinds of high-level uh, conversations, you know, it, it, there's, there's a distance. And therefore, the kinds of questions and preoccupations that people have where they really need God is also very, very different as well. And one thing I really appreciate about Simon Chan's book is that he says you need to be able to speak 
theology. You need to speak about God to people who will be able to hear you in their own language. And so, what he says is this: with respect to folk religiosity, a general feature of the Asian religious scene is the deep divide between the high religions. And their folk expressions. Folk religionists operate in a world of many gods, many spirits. But the supreme being who rules over these lesser gods is not one whom ordinary people can relate. Now, God really is God. God really is high. But sometimes, when we are preaching the highness and the loftiness of God, what might happen is that um, it makes Him seem more inaccessible. I think one of the examples he gave was Dalit theology. So in India, you know, the Dalit caste is the lower caste that is seen as you know, not as acceptable as the higher castes. And one very attractive thing about Jesus is how he is the servant of God. How he suffered. How he he suffered humility, and then he was even he was shamed on the cross. And that's one point of contact with the gospel that makes Jesus just so attractive and relevant to their life experience. And it's noticing those points of contact, having those kinds of conversations, that makes the gospel clear and compelling. And attractive for the masses in Asia. So yeah,、um, those are some of the points of my summary of、uh, Simon Chan's book,、um, Grassroots Asian Theology. What do you think? What do you think、uh, so far? I just want to stress again, Simon Chan did not say any of these things. This is just my process of trying to think through and illustrate what I've read so far in this book, and it's doing very helpful things for my understanding. Of、um, the gospel and how to communicate it in a way that is understandable to my friends in Asia.、Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. This has been the third episode of the Daily Bible College Show,、um, and I have to write this book report.、Uh, if there's one thing you could pray for me, pray for me to be able to get this done.、Uh, but so far, it's been very, very enjoyable, very, very challenging, very stimulating. Uh, again, thank you for listening. Take care and God bless. Bye. Shh.